Hello, and welcome to Who Will Save Generation X, the trivia game show that is dedicated to remembering, celebrating, and preserving all the wonderful qualities of Generation X through games, trivia, and friends. I'm Zabe, your host, and today we have two great contestants ready to compete for fabulous prizes and in the process do their part to save Generation X from being forgotten. Are you ready to do your part? Please play along with the contestants while you listen and see what rad prize you would have wanted to win should you were here with us saving Generation X from fading into oblivion. We're so happy that you've chosen to join us, and I'm sure you're going to get a nice little dose of nostalgia and a few laughs along the way. So if everyone's ready, let's begin the show. I write episodes with a little something for everyone, but if you know your 80s sitcoms, then this is an episode you will especially like. Especially like. We're going to save Gen X for future generations a little today with the material we cover with these two friends of over three decades. Do I got that right, guys? Yes, that is correct. Our contestants today are Jim. It's good to be here. I look forward to seeing Jason go down as tragically as Roy Fokker in the end of the Macross saga from robotech nice that question was in our last episode by the way was it really <laughs> it oh was. my gosh yeah. so I have the visual of him being face down in his girlfriend's apartment oh, pineapple <laughs> salad i'll never eat it again and jason apparently i'm best friends with a real nerd because i have no idea what he just said <laughs> but so much I, I picked him for a reason <laughs> because i think this is gonna be an easy win we will see my friend Thanks, thanks to both of you for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Uh, but before we meet them properly, let's give a quick overview of the games we're going to be playing today. If you're new to the show, the game is broken up into three rounds. The player with the most points after round two goes on to play the bonus prize round and try to win today's prize. That is unless the loser can stop them and play spoiler to them in our final game. We're going to jump right into round one and get the games rolling with the game we like to call The Facts of Life. Round one. Hey, fellas, you know, you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have the game we're going to play right now. In this game, we take the top 10 crowdsourced opinions about a topic and players must compete to successfully identify them on the top 10 list. An incorrect answer gets you a strike and the player that gets three strikes loses the round. The winner of the round will be awarded the power, the power, which is a position that will grant them advantages later in the show. So no points are awarded for round one, but having the power can be a great advantage in the following game. In the 1980s, it was a great time for NBC television programs. Really, it was just a great time for TV in general, but particularly the sitcom. Thursday Night Alone had a killer lineup of sitcoms that NBC ruled that night like none other. Many of the greatest 1980s NBC TV shows are still popular to this day with syndicated reruns, a testament to their greatness and longevity. This episode's list on the Facts of Life are the top 10 best 1980s NBC sitcoms ranked by over 5,000 votes. Each of you will take turns guessing at a show that was on NBC during the 1980s. So tell me, guys. What were the best sitcoms on NBC during the 1980s? We'll flip the coin backstage, and Jason, you won the coin flip. 
So tell me, what were the best sitcoms on NBC during the 80s? I would have to say that one of them was The Cosby Show. Cosby Show was number eight on the list. There's one more thing, and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to. Go ahead. What kind of arrangements have you made for your children in case of your untimely passing? We're going to take them with us. <laughs> well done. Jim, what do you got? I got to go with Family Ties. Family Ties, a personal favorite. Number three on the list. Back to you, Jason. No strikes so far. I am going to say Alf. Good one. I don't think I've ever seen a single episode of Alf, but the people who uh, answered the, the survey did, and they ranked it number seven on the list. No strikes so far. Jim, back to you. Well, I'm going to be a little bit dangerous here because it was an older age group at that time, but since it's crowdsourced, one of the most popular ones was Golden Girls. Golden and Girls, Jason number two that. on the list. Hey, all right. <laughs> Jim's got number two and three. Jason, can you get the number one? How about Three's Company? I'm in work on our door. Three's it's Company was not an NBC television program. Oh. So that's one strike for you, Jace. Jim, no strikes. You can take command of this game right here what do you got oh god now this was crowdsourced right yes so they might not know that it was nbc or did, was this corrected for nbc shows only uh if you're digging for hints on what's on the list i can't help you <laughs> however to say the rules of the list are there's our nbc television programs <laughs> okay well that's fair but i'm 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 gonna go with star trek because i'm trying i'm trying to find number one here so i'm gonna go with star trek next generation even though it was not nbc well, not NBC. It's also not a sitcom. Oh, of so, course. Oh, ouch. Oh, Jim, there's oh, a strike for you. Now. That's that oh, Iron Man strike, yeah. yeah. One, one strike yeah. apiece. Jason, back to you. How about Cheers? How about Cheers? Number one on the list. Yep, yep. Jason, great job. Jim, back to you. You each have one strike. Silver Spoons. Silver Spoons. Number 10 on the list. Who just barely made that one. Very good. So there are only four answers remaining. Jason, back to you. Can you get them? Full House. I don't believe Full House was on NBC either. Sure it was. <laughs> it's either not on NBC or people didn't like it enough to put it on the list. Because it's not know, on there. People probably didn't like it enough. I That's a strike really like for you, my friend. So, Jason, two strikes. Jim, only one strike. Jim, you need to get an answer. Can we, can we cut that answer? Why? No. That, no I was <laughs> giving it a try. <laughs> that is Call a good try. I, I misspoke. Well, let's consult <laughs> the judges. Judges, can we cheat for Jason? The judges are telling me, no, we cannot cheat for you. You have like Jim. gremlins behind you. Who are the judges? I'm not sure there are the judges. judges. They're just right off stage. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm going to go with the uh, facts of life. The answer is in the name of the game. Yes, of course. Facts of life. <laughs> it just occurred to me. What's the yeah. game called? Yeah. So great job, Jim. Two strikes, Jason. Get an answer here or you strike out and Jim wins the round and the power. I guess I'm just going to have to take a stab in the dark and go with... Uh, Let's say Punky Brewster. Oh, shame Punky, on you. Punky Brewster absolutely was an NBC show, but it was oh, number God. 11 on the list. Oh, ah. yes. 
So you just missed getting into the top oh, 10. I win by default. Somewhere Simpson would say the two greatest words in the English language, default. <laughs> so let's go back over the list and pick, see the ones you did not choose. Number 10 was Silver Spoons, you got. Uh, number nine was not answered, and that's Mama's Family. If you remember Mama's Family. Oh, yeah. Eight, The Cosby Show. Seven was Alf. Six was not picked, which was Different Strokes. Oh, of course. I couldn't remember the name of it. Yes. No. I'm seeing what you're talking about, Willis, but I didn't want to say it out loud because we'll give them away. <laughs> well, you won anyways. Number five is The Facts of Life you got. Number four you did not get, which was Night Courts. Ah, one of oh, my Night Court. On that killer NBC Thursday night lineup. And, yes. and then Family Ties, three, two was Golden Girls, and number one you got, which was Cheers. So, uh, great job, Jim. You have the power. The power yes. is yours. I have no points, but I have some <laughs> mythical power. It's Better the power than of points. Grayskull, is it? Mm-hmm. Is the power of Grayskull? Be honest with me. Well, do you, ha- do you have a magic sword to hold Were aloft? You- of course. <laughs> Were you even allowed <laughs> to watch that as a child? He-Man was yes. outlawed in my, uh, in my <laughs> household as well. <laughs> Thank you, Satanic Panic, for uh, yes. <laughs> not letting us watch our He-Man. <laughs> or, no or He-Man, Smurfs. no Smurfs. Both were yeah. strength verboten, yes. <laughs> yes. My goodness. I mean, I watched anyways. I mean, I was raised in a Christian household, but, you know, I, <laughs> I think Jesus wanted me to watch He-Man. Well, how are you supposed to know what evil is if you don't see it? Well, you're not going to find it on He-Man, for crying out loud. Well, uh, yeah. That was a, <laughs> that was a good moral She-Ra. lesson at fair, the end of every maybe episode. Maybe on She-Ra. <laughs> maybe on She-Ra. <laughs> not She-Ra. That's true. Before we start round two, let's take a moment to better meet our contestants. I like to ask a personal preference question to have the listeners get a better idea of who they're playing against at home and also ask our guests about their Gen X credentials. That is... What, besides being born when they were, make them qualified to call themselves truly Generation X? This episode's personal preference question is, what was your favorite sitcom when you were a kid? Jason, welcome to the show. Please tell us a little bit about yourself and your answers to the questions. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Uh, I uh, met Mr. Zabe here uh, back in 1984. And my best friend, Jim, here, I've known for more than 30 years also. I am a, uh, a married father of two, um, a proud adoptive dad, and I uh, graduated from Villa Park High School in California in 1991, so I'm very old. My favorite sitcom, which was, was kind of odd, I grew up in a Christian home, and my mom and dad just, we, we all love Three's Company. I had the exact opposite experience where we were not allowed to watch Three's Company, but we did anyways. And I love the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I loved it. So my Gen X credentials are that I survived dozens and dozens of games of lawn darts. (laughs) (laughs) And now you can't even get them anymore. Yeah. Awesome. Pretty sure you can out of China. Check Wish. Probably. Or not. If you, if you want, want lawn darts off of Wish, they order regular darts, and then you might get the lawn darts. There you go. Thank you, Jason. Thanks yeah. for being on the show. It's, it's great to have you here. 
And Jason's opponent today is Jim. I'm here because I'm a very long-term friend of Jason over three decades. As it was pointed out, we met when I was one year old, as far as you know. (laughs) (laughs) But yet I managed to graduate from Ocean View High School in Huntington Beach, California in 92. My Gen X credentials, probably the standard for anyone in my age group is racing home after school. Uh, and I will get to your question in a minute, by the way, but this is important. Racing home after school uh, to get all the afternoon cartoons, um, G.I. Joe, Transformers, Voltron, Robotech, uh, crying my eyes out at the death of Roy Fokker, the reference I made earlier. How? How could he die? Uh, <laughs> so if you understand any of what I just said, you're probably Gen X. And to answer your question, favorite sitcom, definitely Night Court. Uh, half because of the uh, uh, perverse lawyer, which as a young boy, that was always so shocking. And the other half, because it was on later. And if I got to watch it, it means I was staying up late. So Night Court's your favorite <laughs> sitcom. And yet you missed that off the survey. I know. Painful. Just <laughs> pain. But I still won. Save. You still won. Scoreboard. That's all you got to say. <laughs> yep. Thanks for being here, Jim. Really appreciate it. Good to be here. Round two. Round two today is a game called Eight is Enough. In this game, I will ask a total of eight questions, four to each of the contestants. Points are awarded for each correct answer, two points for a complete correct answer, and one point for a partial correct answer, which is up to the judge's discretion. At any time, players can appeal the judge to make a ruling for a partial correct answer through making loud arguments and uh, you know, disrupting the show, basically. Jim, you have the power from winning round one, which means you get to choose between the two questions offered to you, and you will get to know the category of one of the two questions. Okay? Nice. And that means Jason will have to slum it with the other question. Players will take turn answering the questions and with a chance to steal if their opponent answers incorrectly. A steal is worth one point, but also steals the power away from their opponent. You cannot lose points with an incorrect answer. However, all questions must be given unanswered. Otherwise, you will lose a point. So if you don't know it, make up something entertaining. So let's go to the questions. Jim, you get to pick between these two questions. In space, no one can hear you kiss, which is a movie question. Or, frankly, my dear Kung Fu Grip, I don't give a damn. Oh, Despite the inappropriate language, Zabe, <laughs> I'm going to have to go with Kung Fu Grip. Which one are you going with? Sorry. Kung Fu Grip. Kung Fu <laughs> The visual helps, but it doesn't help in the yes. podcast. Oh, well, okay. yeah. Helps for me. Frankly, I can't my say dear Kung, Kung Fu Grip without making Kung Fu Grip. I just, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's too smurfy. <laughs> Frankly, my dear Kung Fu Grip, I don't give a damn. It's a toys question. Shauna O'Hara is the name of the first female G.I. Joe agent released as a figure in 1982. Tell me her code name, and you will have multiple choice answers for uh, where she was born. So it's kind of a two-parter. So you tell me a code name, and then I'll give you multiple choice, and you got to get tell me where she was born. Okay, so I need to give you her name. So, oh, guy, was so that, of course, the most popular in the beginning was Lady J., but I doubt that was her code name. So I got to go with Scarlet, probably the red-haired one. So I'm going with Scarlet. Scarlet is correct. Now yes. tell me, here's your multiple choice for where she was born. Was it A, Newport Beach, California? B, 
Leningrad, USSR, C, Atlanta, Georgia, or D, in the infirmary aboard the USS flag aircraft carrier at sea somewhere in the South China Sea? Well, that's just too random, so I'm going to go with infirmary. The infirmary is incorrect. Oh, Jason, you well, oh, this Jason, there's no way it's Russia. (laughs) (laughs) Jason, you get a chance to steal. Uh, Newport Beach sounds tempting, but I think I'm gonna go have to go with the USSR. The USSR is incorrect. I, I thought the hints of Scarlet and I don't give a damn would lead you to Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, but it did yeah, not. Probably should have. So no points for this question, but they did. It does have a fun fact. In the United States, we know that G.I. <laughs> Joe is a real American hero. But these special forces, forces toys were released in other countries as well, fighting for freedom over land and air in their own countries. Scarlet was known in the United Kingdom as Quarrel. And in Argentina, as Glinda, both were made from the same plastic body mold as Scarlet, but the heads were different. Glinda was blonde, and Quarrel had some dental issues to make things more authentic for being from England. (laughs) Yeah, baby. As a side note, the show has three downloads from England so far. Shout out to those three in the United Kingdom who uh, are saving Generation X in their own countries. Thanks for being our first international listeners. I appreciate that. And secondly, I will continue to make these unfair and awful British teeth jokes until I get an email from those listeners telling me to stop. Until then, these unwarranted stereotype jokes will continue. Now you know, and knowing is half the battle. Oh, G.I. Joe reference. There you go. That's G.I. Joe question, right? Okay, so Jason, this question is for you. In space, no one can hear you kiss, which is a movie Mm -hmm. question. In the Star Wars franchise, Princess Leia famously kissed both Han and Luke. Who got the first kiss, and where were they when that kiss took place? Oh, that's so easy. Um, Luke got the first kiss, and they were in the infirmary. That is incorrect. I'm so sorry. Jim, can you steal this question? Well, Luke did get the first kiss, and I would have said uh, infirmary, but now I'm going to have to go with Lido deck. I... <laughs> were they in the Lido deck? They were not what in the Lido deck. Julie Darn was it. not there entertaining them either. Okay. <laughs> uh, so that is incorrect for both of you. Uh, Luke did indeed get the uh, first kiss, but it was on the Death Star. Right before, the, so Luke blasts the controls for the bridge, and then oh they have to throw the rope, goodness. and they swing across, and Leia gives him a kiss and says, "For luck." For luck. Oh, that's not a real kiss. Wasn't even Ounce. was was it even on the mouth? Wasn't on the mouth. Okay. Do I get a point? <clears throat> I got half uh, of it right. Um, I got half mine right too. And oh, he didn't give me a point, so yeah, just suck it up. You want to argue it? Let's go, let's go to the judges. Yeah, judges, I want to argue it. I said rumble, Scarlet, rumble, rumble, so rumble, I should rumble, get rumble. at least six points for Scarlet because that is far more unique of a question. No. You didn't argue though. <laughs> you didn't appeal yeah, the judge. You didn't even argue. So let's go to the judges. Judges, does yeah, he get I'm going to argue that Jason's an idiot and he shouldn't get a point. <laughs> the judges have just to- informed me that they're going to give you both a point. One for you, Jim, for the Scarlet oh, answer. Come on. And Jason, you're going to get a point for um, 
for uh, at least getting Luke. No. The score is now tied at one point apiece. Let me give you the fun fact. Everyone knows that Han shot first, but Luke got kissed first. Leia hands out a dozen kisses between the two in the franchise. Four for Luke and eight for Han. Twice as many kisses for Han, but Leia kiss, kissed her brother three times over the course of two movies before Han got his first smooch. Fun fact. That's disturbing. She was looking for love in all the wrong places. Okay, Jimmy still retained the power because oh it was not stolen. Yes. So you get to choose I have between, the power. Yes. So you get to choose. Skull. Yes. Thank you get to choose between these two <laughs> questions, and I got a good feeling I know which one you're going to pick. Is it from the dawn of time we came, moving silently through the centuries? <laughs> that was the worst a, Sean Connery ever. Which is a well, movie question. A terrible Sean Connery. <laughs> Hang your head in shame like I just did, please. <laughs> there it is. Or is it going to be Goodbye Yellow Brick Road? I'm going to uh, go with uh, yeah. Yellow Brick Road. Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Surprisingly, this is a mu- music question. Sir Elton John recorded a song in 1973 as a tribute to one woman. And then in 1997, he altered the lyrics and re-recorded that song in tribute to another woman. What was the name of the song and who were the two women he wrote in tribute to? So it was um, Tiny Dancer and I believe it was to his first wife, but then he rewrote it for Princess Diana after her death, if I remember correctly. That answer is incorrect, Jim. I know it. I know it. Jason, can you steal the same question? Um, Oh my gosh, I know the answer now. Darn it. So it was... was Marilyn Monroe and Princess Diana. Yes. What is the name of the song? I can steal back. The name of, oh. I can steal um, back. Was it Candle in the Wind? Candle in the Wind is correct. Yeah, that was it. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Jason, you have stolen the question. I think Tiny Dancer was written by uh, his songwriter (laughs) and not by him. And it was about a group or something like that. But, yeah. Well, I believe they're both written by the songwriter. Um, True. But that's two points for Jason, one point for Jim and Jason. Ouch. More importantly, Ouch. you have stolen the power. And if you can get this question correct, you will take a commanding lead. This question is called From the Dawn of Time We Came, Moving Silently Through the Centuries. <laughs> the rock band Queen had the songs Princes of the Universe, Who Wants to Live Forever, and Don't Lose Your Head on the soundtrack for this 1986 cult classic fantasy action adventure movie that takes place in Scotland and in New York. Name uh, the movie. I'm raising my hand. That's Jason's um, question. That movie Jason, is... Jason's an um, idiot. He doesn't know this. Highlander. <laughs> Darn it. Highlander is correct. The Highlander. <laughs> that is two points for you, Jason. I'm bringing your score to four. Jim, you have one. Here's the fun fact Ouch. for this question. Despite a mention in the end credits, to date, a complete soundtrack for the album for Highlander has not been released. There are some rare unofficial compilations available online. Amazon sells one right now for $902.81. There is only one left in stock. I thought it was appropriate that there could be only one. I'm going to go buy that. Jason, an answer here would really, really do you well. So you get to choose between these two questions, Jason. Reggie Jackson wants to kill the Queen of England, which is a movie question. 
<laughs> or <laughs> oh, I don't know that one. Or I see your Schwartz is as big as mine. Oh, both good. Oh, both my good. Lord. How are you gonna pick, Jason? How are you gonna pick? Choose wise. I'm gonna have to go with uh I'm gonna have to go with the Schwartz question. I see your Schwartz is as big as mine. A movie question. You can't see that far down on my camera. <laughs> In the Mel Brooks classic film Spaceballs, the character Lone Star had a price on his head and was pursued by a galactic gangster. What was the name of the gangster and how did Lone Star get out of that character's pursuits? The name of the character was Pizza the Hut. And he escaped the pursuit by kidnapping the princess Duridia. That answer is incorrect. Jim, can yeah, you steal I it? Knew it? Yeah, so it was it is Pizza the Hut. And um yeah, I remember him like melting. Um so somehow he turned up the heat to get him to melt more than he already was. I'm sorry, that answer is also incorrect. <laughs> so judges, should we get a half point for Jason? I'm sorry, no. the judges. The judges are saying no. Yeah, they should. That's you've been rejected oh, for your partial credit. You, don't look at me. Talk to the judges. That's, that's so. The correct answer I, is I famed half man, half pizza, Pizza the Hut. Pizza the Hut got locked in his car and ate himself. Ate himself to death. Ate himself. Yeah. Okay. And the fun fact. Darn it. Though Dom DeLuise voiced Pizza the Hut for the film, he was not required, nor was he likely willing, to be covered in pounds of molten cheese. That honor went to actor Kevin Karen. When additional shooting was required, however, Karen simply refused to climb back into the suit after receiving second and third degree burns from the melted cheese bubbling and dripping around him. What a Karen. But you're gonna pay it or else. Or else what? Tell him, Vinny. Or else pizza is gonna send out for you. Mm. <laughs> You're delicious, bro. Ciao, boys. Wow. I I had no idea that was real. So when they say no cheese. animals were harmed in the filming of this movie, <laughs> but one one Karen did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one Karen. But what Karen was. <laughs> That means, Jim, this is your question, and this is your golden opportunity to get right back into because this game. Anything can right, still good. happen. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> the question is called, Reggie Jackson wants to kill the Queen of England. All right. In the film, The Naked Gun, what was the name of the opera singer that Frank Drebin knocked out and impersonated before the baseball game to sing the <laughs> national anthem? It is a multiple choice question. Good. Was it A, oh. Ricardo Montalban? B, Andre Mazzino. C, Enrico Palazzo. D, Rico Minervo. Or C, Luciano Pavarotti. It was, it was an imitation of Pavarotti, but now I'm questioning myself. So I'm going to go with Pavarotti. Pavarotti is incorrect, Jim. Once again, I'm incorrect. It was with C. Uh, well, let's give Jason a chance to steal oh, this no. answer. Jason? It's Enrico Palazzo. Yeah, let's see. <laughs> C is correct, and Lisa Enrico Palazzo. That's not the umpire, Your Honor. Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo! 
Uh, this mess with me by throwing in the guy he was imitating, though. So to be fair, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what's fair? <laughs> Here's the fun the fact. Loser says. <laughs> Uh, Weird Al Yankovic has a cameo in all three Naked Gun movies. Police Squad was his favorite TV show, and when the Zuckers heard that he was uh, a fan, they wrote a scene for him on the plane in the first movie. When the movie came out, Weird Al took first dates to see the movie without telling them he was in it. His dates flipped out, (laughs) according to Yankovic, and he always made sure he wore the same Hawaiian shirt as he did in the movie on the dates. That's awesome. Weird Al is how many first trailer. dates did he have during the release months of that? <laughs> hey, Weird Al gets around. The score is five to one. That means, I mean, mathematically, Jim's going to need some help here. We will answer, ask these last two questions. Uh, Jim, math is not on your side. Jason, you have the power, the power. to pick between these two questions. And crossover hilarity ensued which is a television question or you can choose not all sequels are bad. Damn it. More bad words for you, Jim. Potty mouth. Hmm. (laughs) Let's try. uh, Not all sequels are bad. Damn it. Star Trek. The next generation took our generation into the final frontier and picked up where the original series left off. Producers wanted some continuity to the old show to bridge the gap between the generations. So they brought a familiar face to the series premiere. Which character from Star Trek, the original series, guest starred on the series premiere of Star Trek, The Next Generation in 1987? This is a multiple choice. Was it A, Dr. McCoy? B, Mr. Spock? C, Captain Kirk? Or D, some rando red shirt who died in the opening sequence? <laughs> oh gosh i don't remember i'm gonna have to say mr spock mr spock is incorrect mm. jim you have a chance to steal and get the power back um and i'm pretty sure it was not captain kirk so mccoy mccoy is correct yay <laughs> that's a steal and the power, the power. and here's the fun fact the points and, and a point, point, right? At least, at least three one points. One point. One I point. think there's three points. I believe is what you said. At the beginning. Nope, yeah, you were inside. Yeah, My a fictional free regression memory is okay. Fine. Bones was now an admiral in the show, as well as being 137 years old. When he was escorted to the shuttle by Data, he stated to him, "I don't see any points in your ears, boy, but you sound like a Vulcan." Data replied, "No, sir, I'm an android." McCoy turned away and grumbled to himself almost as bad. Yeah, I do remember that now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. I still don't remember it. So, Jim, here's the situation. You need to get this point, this question correct. Okay. And Jason needs to be charitable in order for (laughs) you to win. And crossover hilarity ensued. Jason, I'm going to read this question. And you can tell me whether you want it to be worth uh, three points or not. Because that's what Jim's going to need to tie it. Okay. However, Come on, if, be a sport. If, you, if, you, <laughs> if you let him have that, you will get a bonus to the final game. I'll, I'll spot you 10 extra points to the final game. Okay. So let me read the question first. Um, let me read the okay. question first and then you can decide. 
<laughs> in the TV show Silver Spoons, there was a crossover episode with another NBC sitcom character. Who was the character and what was the plot of the episode? Now, this is a multiple choice as well. Was it A, Arnold Drummond writes a story about Ricky for the school paper and ends up hacking into a military computer, stealing plans for a top secret fighter jet? Was it B, Punky Brewster sells Girl Scout cookies to the Stratton mansion uh, and ends up breaked in a breakdance battle with Alfonso and the winner getting an orangutan for a week? Or was it C, Ricky visits the girls at Eastland in The Facts of Life by mistake and Tootie ends up dressing him up like a girl to get him past Mrs. Garrett from the dorm room past curfew? Or was it D, Sam Kaninsky from Give Me a Break meets Ricky during an unchaperoned camping trip where they're about to both get their first kiss but were interrupted by what they think are aliens in an UFO? So there's the question. A, B, C, or D. Jason, are you going to give them, make this worth three points? Sure, why not? Okay, Jim, if you get this question correct, you will have three points, which will bring your score to five and match Jason's five. I'll take grace every time and go with facts of life uh, cross-dressing episode. I'm sorry, that answer is incorrect. What? I actually have like, again, a fictional memory of that. I did not. I think I know which one it is. Jason, for funsies, you want to guess? I think it was Punky Brewster. That that there's a breakdance panel for an orangutan between Alfonso. That is incorrect as well. I made that up. Uh, the incorrect answer is A. Arnold Drummond writes a story about Ricky for the school paper and ends up hacking into a military computer, stealing plans for a top secret fighter yes. jet. What you talking about, Willis? Sounds much. Jet. That sounds much more plausible. Than, so uh, congratulations for an orangutan. <laughs> <laughs> congratulations, Jason. You have won the game. You killed me. You killed Yay. me. And you get a 10-point bonus dysfunctional family feud. Our next game. Before playing the final round, if you're enjoying the show so far, please consider giving us a positive review on Apple Podcasts and subscribing to future episodes. It costs you nothing to give us a positive review, and it really does make a difference. We'd love to have you as a friend of the show. Thank you. Round three. Round three is a bonus prize round called Dysfunctional Family Feud. In this round, the game's loser can play spoiler to the winner. So there's still hope for you, Jim. Yay. I will, ask the, <laughs> I will ask the same five survey questions, family feud style, to each player in turn, and they will need to respond with what they think is the most popular answers from the Gen X timeline. That's the 70s, 80s, and early 90s. So don't answer outside of that timeline. These are actual survey questions taken from actual people from Generation X that have been quizzed by the show via Facebook. The loser gets to answer first with the winner unable to hear the responses. And then the winner will have to give responses to the same five questions and beat the other player's score without duplicating any of the answers. If they get more points, then they win the game and they go on to claim their chance at a prize. So that means, Jason, you need to go into the waiting room. Jim, you uh, get to go first. I so wish I could tech, talk smack about him right now, but he's killing me. So, yeah. So, Jim, I'm going to ask you these five survey questions. You need to give me the top answers of what you think the survey is. It's not what you personally believe. It's what you think the survey answers are. Okay? Right. Okay. If you get stuck, say pass, and we'll come back to you. You can pass once. Okay? Your time will begin after I finish reading the first question. Besides He-Man, 
Name a character from the Masters of the Universe franchise. Um, Shira. Name a device that only rich people could afford in the 80s. Uh, VCR player. Name the best game show on TV in the 80s. Oh, uh, let's stop on a whammy. It's, uh, uh pass. <laughs> That's it time. <laughs> Just made it. Name the title of the best Harrison Ford movie. Indiana Jones. Can you be more specific? Oh, uh, Temple of Doom. Name a movie that takes place in college. Um, uh, Real genius. Going back to the other one. Price is right. Price is right? Okay. Yeah. I couldn't think of the name of the other one. I still got stop on a whammy in my head. <laughs> That's okay. We are going to bring Jason back in from the waiting room. All right. It's about to get boring, folks. I apologize to all of you at home. Jason, I'm going to ask you the same five survey questions I asked Jim. You cannot duplicate his answer. If you get stuck, you may say pass, and I'll come back to the question. You may pass twice. It's a little bit more difficult to get these answers. Your time will begin after I finish reading the first question. Besides He-Man, name a character from the Masters of the Universe franchise. She-Ra, Skeletor. Try again. I mean, you said Skeletor. Is that your answer? Yeah, I'm hosed on this one. Name a device that only rich people could afford in the 80s. VCR. Try again. Uh, CD player. Name the best game show on TV in the 80s. Wheel of Fortune. Name the title of the best Harrison Ford movie. Uh, Indiana Jones. Be more specific. Indiana Jones and Raiders of Lost Ark. Okay. Name a movie that takes place in college. Um, oh, crap. You can always pass. Pass. Okay. Let's go back to that one. Name a movie that takes place in college. You have two, you have one more pass if you need it. Um, oh, I can't remember the name of it. Pass. <laughs> name a movie that takes place in college. <laughs> it's bad accounting. Yeah, I, uh, I, it's right on the tip of my tongue and I can't remember the name. <laughs> Am I allowed Dog to buzz him? Because it. It, it felt right to buzz him. I mean, I gave you all the chances I could, I think. I know. I only got I one pass. And he got two. So. Yeah, and you used them both. Even though, I picked, even though I picked the wrong Indiana Jones movie, I still feel somewhat vindicated now. Okay, Jason, it's going to be hard for you to uh, <laughs> win this one. So... Jason, you did not answer all the questions in the survey, so I can tell you right now that you, even with your 10 points, you did not score enough points to win the game. However, you were kind to Jim, and you gave him an opportunity to win the game by giving him bonus points. Jim, are you going to be kind back to Jason and give him the same courtesy to get a chance to win? Now, here's your option. Now, normally, here's the thing. You, you can only play spoiler and prevent him from winning. But if you show kindness, we'll actually let you 
be the winner of the game and go on to win the prize or chance for a prize, I should say. What are my so options, here, Abe? So Jason was very generous to you, Jim, and let you get a three-pointer with the possibility of tying the game. Yes. Are you willing to be generous back to Jason, who is kind to you, and show him kindness in return and eliminate one of your answers because Jim, because Jason did not answer all the questions. Oh boy. That's good. So See, now you've got will, me in the spot because yeah. if, if I, if I'm not generous back, then I look like a jerk in front of all your <laughs> listeners and I don't want to alienate like three people. Yeah. Three. So three British oh, people listening. Three, the three British people yeah. listening with bad teeth. I, yeah. I mean, when they bite, <laughs> it hurts because it's all gnarly and stuff. So, yeah, I am. Um, well, you so, can redeem yourself because you're yes, a I will. Fan. I will so, absolutely. So here's the benefit. Here's the, here's the thing. If, if you give Jason a chance to win by eliminating one of your answers, then uh, if you actually end up winning and playing spoiler, I will let you go on to to claim a prize. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, yeah, I, you you didn't even have to offer the payroll there. No, absolutely. He was gracious with me. I will be gracious back to my oldest and uh, dearest friend. Yes. Can I pick which answer I drop? Yes, you can pick which answer you. Because <laughs> <laughs> I really regret the Indiana Jones Temple of Doom. Because that was, let's be honest. I mean, we're not even going to count Crystal Skull. Like that didn't even happen. But of the there three are... that we're going to look at, Crystal Skull. What do you mean? Yeah, see, there it is. Yeah, uh, what's, what's there's only three Indiana Jones. There's movies. only three. There's only three. And yes. Crystal Skull. I think what you, one was why are you making a stuff cartoon? up? It may have been a cartoon. So we're gonna drop the, the worst of the only three Indiana Jones made <laughs> in Temple of Doom. Oh my gosh, who enjoyed that one? Life Snakes. I love Temple of Doom, by the way. Okay, so you're gonna drop what? Temple. I love Temple of Doom. It's great. <laughs> Kalima. Okay, so I we're gonna drop Temple of Doom. We're dropping Temple of Doom out of, out of your point score. Okay, let's reveal the answers. So just to be clear, this is winner take all. Okay? Right? Got it. Clear. Got it. Winner take all. Okay. It's better than so, I deserve. I asked you, well, you know, you showed grace and you should get some grace in return, I think, Jason. I think that's very, very big of you, Jim. I asked you, besides He-Man, name a character from the Masters of the Universe franchise. Jason, you said Skeletor, which was the number one answer, worth 40 points. Jim, you said She-Ra, worth 30 points. Bringing the score 40 to Jason and 30 for Jim. I asked you, name a device that only rich people could afford in the 1980s. Jim, you said VCR, which is the number three answer, worth 20 points, bringing you up to 50. Jason, you said CD player which did not make the survey. So that's worth zero points. Yeah, I thought after that, I should probably have said like a video camera. Well, the number one answer was cell phone. Yeah, oh. the giant bricks with the yep. big giant battery. Yep. Mm -hmm. So the score is Jim 50, Jason 40. I asked you, name the best game show in the 80s. Jason, you said Wheel of Fortune, which was the number five answer worth 10 points bringing you to a score of 50. Jim, you said the number one answer in The Price is Right, worth 39 Price points. Is right. So Jim, you have 89 points. And Jason, you have 50. Big lead so far. Anything can still happen. Feels good just to be in the lead, I'm going to be honest. Name the title of the best Harrison Ford movie. Jason, 
you had the number one answer with Raiders of the Lost Ark yeah. worth 34 points, bringing you to a score of 84 points. We're not going to count your answer, Jim, because you were gracious to uh, say no. So the total is Jim with 89 points, Jason with 84 points. Going into the final question, Jason did not answer, so you got zero points, bringing your total score to 84 points. Jim, you answered <laughs> Real Genius, which was the number four answer. Whoa, worth close. 18 points bringing you to a oh. total of 107 jason has 84 <laughs> plus the, the 10 which is 94 which is not enough to win the game uh the number one for the college movie was revenge of the nerds oh my gosh oh. yeah didn't watch it but yeah that was huge was animal house on there animal house was the number two answer about the Rodney oh. dangerfield one. either one of those would have won you school. the game jason Tipple of Doom would have been worth 20 points. So it didn't matter whether you answered that one or not. You won by more than that. So congratulations, Jim. You've won. Since I acknowledge that I have won purely by grace here, Jason, whatever the prize is, I'm going to share it with you. We're going to have joint custody. Final segment is the Shopper's Bazaar, which is a throwback to the old Wheel of Fortune prize vault where the winner gets to claim a prize from the showroom. However, we are not Wheel of Fortune and can only offer, offer a chance at a prize by me placing bids on my eBay watch list on the winner's behalf. I will place a minimum bid on the listing of the winner's choice until I am the high bidder. No matter what nice. that bid is, that's what I'll pay and buy that item for that winner. Let's take a look at some of the options. Jim, you get to pick between these, these items. Will it be... The Elton John luggage tag and passport wallet set. That's all golden uh, and very gaudy. You choose a TV guide from 1983 featuring the cast of Silver Spoons on the cover. Will it be the 1986 Garbage Pail Kid named Grim Jim? Appropriately enough. Here's a vintage 80s t-shirt that says it's never too late to have a happy childhood. Which is kind of the theme of the Saving Generation X, I think. Absolutely. Here's a <laughs> black and white press photo of Princess Leia and Luke with Leia looking longingly at Luke as he looks grumpy. They're not kissing. Well, it's right it's after Ben creepy. dies, so she's consoling Ben in that scene. Uh, yeah. uh, you choose the <laughs> official magazine for the Star Trek New Generation from 1989 featuring Will Wheaton on the cover. Will Wheaton. Or there's also the still the Bud Light Spuds McKenzie handkerchief bandana that's been on nearly every episode and no one's picked so far. What's it going to be, Jim? Well, it just seems like fate that even though I have a complete first edition of Garbage Pail Kids, which let's be honest, that's my 80s bona fides right there. uh, (laughs) Mint condition. I got to go with Grim Jim. Grim Jim it is. Let's bid it up. And place a bid at one dollar. You were the high bidder. Congratulations. Hey, big spender. Yep. At one buck, we are the high bidder. If this bid holds, I will purchase this item for you and ship it out to you at no cost. Congratulations, Jim. That's gonna thank you. So if there's any money left over, do you want it on a gift certificate or do you want to keep it on account? You guys remember that from the prize uh, Wheel of Fortune prize vault? Wheel of Fortune prize. <laughs> Remember that? Yep. They always say, oh, I'll take the rest on gift certificate. 
Thank you for checking out the show. We know you have a vast ocean of choices for your podcast and enjoyment, and it is amazing that you chose to spend this little time on our show. Thank you so much. If you like the show, you can join us on Facebook. We have a group for the show. Just search for it in the bar and you can find us. If you'd like to contribute directly to the show, we have a Patreon account set up at patreon.com slash who will save Gen X. Contributions there go directly to keeping the show going, offering better prizes for the contestants and all around improvement for future episodes. If you like what we're doing here and want to save Gen X from being forgotten, you can contribute there. If not, please consider us next time. I'm just happy you're listening to the show. Thank you so much. Jason, anything you want to plug or shout out? I don't have anything to plug, but I uh, appreciate you having me on. It was a lot of fun. Um, And I hope that uh, more people are going to sign up for your podcast and follow it. Um, I think it's it's a great format. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to give you a shout out. This is, this has been a lot of fun. And, uh, I think what you've done is incredible. I think, uh, I can't imagine the amount of work it goes, that goes into this and the research and, and you come up with some really fun questions and I had a great time. So thanks buddy. I appreciate it. Thank you for being on the show, Jim, what do you got? Shout outs or, or plugs? Well, I just want to say thank you. I actually enjoyed uh, the couple of weeks leading up to this, just thinking about all my favorite things from the 80s and how much joy it brought me just to kind of go back to my childhood. So thank you for saving Gen X, one contestant at a time, Zabe. That's definitely appreciated. For my shout out, besides my gorgeous wife, who though she's six and a half years younger and doesn't remember much of the 80s, she still supports my <laughs> obsessions. Uh, and a real shout out <laughs> to... Tulsa Dream Center at TulsaDreamCenter.org. They are in North Tulsa. They are amazing. Um, they do uh, primary medical care for people in need at no cost. They feed literally a thousand people hot meals three times a week, clothing, uh, education, STEM research. During COVID, they actually handed out over 16 million meals. That's the wow. TulsaDreamCenter.org. It's a group that I love. I've uh, been someone engaged with, and uh, they just do wonderful work. So if anyone needs to get a shout out, it's groups like that. Well, that's a worthy cause for sure. Absolutely. Great. Thank you, Jim. Congratulations on your Thank win you. again. Thank you for the grace. I'll take it every time. <laughs> Both of you. <laughs> uh, speaking of shout outs, I have one to add to the list. Shout out to listener Serena who became our latest Patreon uh, patron on the, on the website. Thank you for your contributions. Thank you for saving Generation X. We have a, a sound clip we'd like to dedicate to Serena right now. Serena, this one goes out to you. All we are is dust in the wind, dude. Before we go, I'd like to leave you with a cliffhanger question. If you know the answer, please reach out on our Facebook group page, or you can email me directly at whowillsavegenx at gmail.com. Also, if you have any feedback for the show or would like to submit a trivia question or segment idea, you can reach me there. If we use your question on the show, we'll be sure to give you a shout out. Or if you just want to say hi, you three British people that are listening right now, email me. I want, I want your feedback and I want to be able to say thank you for being our international listeners. And please tell us what the air wing speed velocity of an unladen swallow is. I'm dying to know. Wait, you mean the African swallow? You're European. No, European. Oh, definitely European. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And now the episode's cliffhanger question. Joni Loves Chachi was a spinoff of Happy Days. 
When Joni and Chachi left Milwaukee, where did they move to? If you know the answer, please reach out on our Facebook group. Correct answers to the cliffhanger question will be put in a drawing for an upcoming prize at a later date. Last episode's cliffhanger question info has been posted on the Facebook group page, so you can find out all the details there. Well, that's it for the episode. Thanks again for checking out the show. We welcome you to subscribe to the show for future episodes, where once again, we will ask the question, who will save Generation X? Later. There can be only one. Shut up, Wesley. Shut up. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.